welcome to Afternoonified, the podcast where our name is Legion, for we are many. I am Legion. We, dude, we already said that. I know, I panicked. I will be able to do something with that. Godspeed. I mean, we can always come back and record another cold open. Well, this episode is, it was about demons, and I'm like, that's too vague. So technically, this episode is about demonology, which is a little more specific, but it's still a very broad subject. Sounds just as fake. It's all fake. Nothing's real. Like, this is all made up. Like, everyone's opinion is different. There's no, like hard facts because demons don't exist i think (laughs) this is a great subject to uh cover on good friday yeah it's not gonna be good friday when they're listening to it but it's good friday when we're recording it and (coughs) (coughs) yeah jesus had the whole thing with the demon in the desert did he not sure or was that the actual devil uh well I don't know, because I've never read the Bible, but Emily apparently has. No, I, okay, when I was in school, we had a class called Bible History. Now, I bet you're saying to yourself, Emily, the Bible isn't history, and I agree with you. (laughs) So, fake history. So, it's just the Bible. We were studying the Bible. Like, it wasn't history, it was just, like, basically the Old Testament. But we got into the New Testament, too, because why not? We also had a class that was just called religion, and I don't really know what the difference was. I I guess we had religion class, but it was through uh, church. Mm. But we just called it religion. Yeah, it was catechism, but we just called it religion. Anyway, it's all fake. Um, (laughs) Happy Good Friday, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, I think the, the story of, like, the 40 days and 40 nights for Lent or when Jesus went out into the desert and the devil tempted him, and that's why you give stuff up for Lent, to suffer like Jesus did. Oh, shit. Was I supposed to do that? I haven't given anything up for Lent in years. I mean, it's pointless. What's it going to do? Like, I never understood, like, yes, Jesus suffered so we could live. It's like, then why are we suffering? Literally ate a bratwurst today, I just realized. (laughs) I'm having pizza for dinner. Like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) I literally just got a notification on my phone uh, from Little Caesars. Like, you left something tasty behind. It's like, yes, I will order that later. Don't worry. I'm still thinking about the pizza, Little Caesars. Don't make me commit just yet. <laughs> I just didn't want it right now in the middle of recording. You can't order ahead? I didn't see an option for it. Uh, They're doing free delivery until April 12th, though. Good to know. Uh, crazy bread is my favorite thing. Anyway, that has nothing to do with demons. Um, so... I'm just going to say my sources, like I was telling Sarah before we even started recording, are uh, thin on the ground because there's no, like, objective source for this information. Like, the Wiki- like the Wikipedia article was as close as I could get to something being objective because it's either, right. like, a Catholic site where, you know, it's Catholic. Like, it's biased. It's not... Yeah. Yeah. Um... They're talking about it as if it's real. Yeah, or it was an angel fire site with, like, white text, black (laughs) backgrounds that 
it's just what they think or they read. And you'll even find during history, like, the classifications of demons, like, there are six different kinds because there are a bunch of dudes who all came up with their own. Because it's all made up. (laughs) It is all made up. The points don't matter. So my references for this are the Satanic Bible by Anton LaVey, which is arguably one of the more objective sources. Um, Demonology and Devil Lore by Moncure Daniel Conway, which was written in 1879. Ooh. It was a rough read. That sounds heavy. A, a An article on a website called LiveSciFi.tv called Types of Demons. <laughs> and Wikipedia. That sounds reliable and peer-reviewed. Yep. And then, like, 30 different Wikipedia articles. Oh, and there's a game at the end of this episode. Oh, goody. I love games. We're going to talk about the original Greek word. Webster's Dictionary defines demon as... God damn it. Stop it. Uh, So the ancient Greek word daemon does not carry any negative connotations by itself. Mad daemon? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that's spelled D-A-I-M-O-N. Daemon. Like a Digimon. Pretty much. It's, yeah. It's just considered a, um, I just skipped down to my next line of notes where I defined the Christian version. I was like, wait a minute, that's negative. That word doesn't carry any negative com- connotations and denotes just a spirit or a divine power. Okay. Uh, the Greek conception of a, a daemon notably appears in the works of Plato, where it describes the divine inspiration of Socrates or Socrates, uh, depending on which school you ascribe to. The real school or the Bill and Ted school? Yes, I am a big follower of the uh, Bill and Ted school. Um, So in most religions, however, a demon is considered a harmful spiritual uh, enemy, a harmful spiritual entity which may cause possession, uh, calling for an exorcism. You know, standard. Yeah, I say the only good demons I've ever seen are... Supernatural. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. In Western occultism and Renaissance magic, a demon is believed to be a spiritual entity that may be conjured and controlled. This isn't recommended, however, just in case you were thinking about doing it. Now, that sounds like not even not believing in any of this. Don't do that. Well, I mean, you remember uh, Practical Magic? I've never seen Practical Magic. Well, listeners, you remember Practical Magic? It's kind of like that, except, you know, Stalker Channing isn't going to be there to save you. Stalker Channing's in that? Camilla Bell is also in it. I think Evan Rachel Wood as well. Jeez. I know. It's really... Well, I'm not going to say it's really good, but... This is the second I've heard Practical Magic reference today. That's probably a sign. Anyway, so belief in demons and evil spirits goes back many, many millennia, uh, predating Christianity. Not surprising. Uh, Not only that, but most religions have their own versions of the concept of demon. So we're not going to get super in-depth on all of the different non-Christian-based demon lore, uh, but we are going to take a look at it as an overview and then kind of delve into the Christian demon lore a little further because that's kind of the one that everybody, like, that's the most pop culturally referenced version of a demon. Right. The one everyone's borrowing from. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> What? Are you possessed? Is this what this is? Where'd she go? She just like screamed at me and then disappeared. It was so loud. 
I thought she was right behind me and she's 20 feet away on top of the cabinets. 20 feet? I don't know how big my apartment is. I can't measure distance. I mean, your condo's big, but it's not... Well, cut some of this out, but definitely leave that meow in. Um, So the ancient Mesopotamians believed that the underworld was home to many demons. Uh, These demons could sometimes leave the underworld to terrorize humans on Earth. One class of demons that were believed to reside in the underworld were known as the Gala, and their primary purpose appeared to have been to drag unfortunate souls to the underworld. Sounds mean. (laughs) Uh, Demons did not receive offerings in Mesopotamian religious practice since demons, quote, no, no food, no, no drink, eat no flower offering, and drink no libation. So they didn't make offerings to demons because demons don't do that human shit. They, yeah, what what are they going to get out of it? Yeah. I get it, yeah. So Judaism doesn't have demonology like Christianity does, um, or any set of doctrines about demons. However, use of the name Lucifer stems from a passage in Isaiah, um, which does speak of the defeat of a particular Babylonian king to whom it gives the title, uh, which translates in English to day star or morning star. Uh, and in Latin, Lucifer means light bearer and also goes by, you know, Lucifer morning star all the time. So, yep. First and last name. Yes. <laughs> it's a great last name. Uh, so there is more than one instance in Jewish medieval myth and lore where demons are said to have come from. Examples are the Grigori, which is a group of angels sent to watch over humans, but instead found themselves banging human ladies and just making a real mess of everything. Um, and of Lilith yeah, that never leading... never ends well. Hmm? I said that never ends well. No. Um, and then there are stories of, you know, Lilith leaving Adam because she didn't want to bow down to him and serve him. And she's considered a demonic like, spirit now. Yeah, I was always kind of a fan of her. Yeah, she's pretty cool. I mean, I know of her from Supernatural again, but like she's also the in uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and I, I very she... much enjoy her in that. Oh. I haven't watched past the first season on that yet. My God, it's it's a lot of high school nonsense, but I mean that's the appeal of the show, pretty much. But yeah, like Lilith was technically the first woman, and then God was like, "All right, you have to obey Adam," and she was like, "Fuck this," and so she got <laughs> cast out of the garden, and then we got Eve. No disrespect to Eve, but Lilith sounds pretty fucking cool. Oh, yeah. And then they also, in Jewish lore, have stories about, like, vampires and the, uh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but the Dybbuk, uh, which is a restless, usually malicious spirit believed to be able to haunt and possess the living. They tend to be human souls with unfinished business, who died in a terrible fashion. (laughs) And they can be exercised, or you can help them finish their business, and they move on. Um, so the concept was used in the loosest sense in the movies, The Unborn, which is fucking terrible, and The Possession, which was okay. If you're not upset by willing, uh, if you're not upset by suspending your disbelief to believe that Modest Yahoo could be a rabbi. I'm trying to remember if you've made me watch The Possession or not. I think I mentioned it. The only time I've watched it, I watched it alone. Who is in that? Anthony Hopkins, I think. No, that's a different one. No. Um, the dad from Supernatural. Yes. Yes. And then Modest Yahoo is the rabbi that does the possession. Isn't that the one where there's like some sort of weird box? Yep. It's a, it's a Dybbuk box. Um, which is a, yeah, it's a, it's an old story about a ghost trapped in a box and that whole thing. I do remember this movie 
in that it exists. It was fine. Like, I don't have any... Clearly not super memorable. <laughs> I watched half of The Unborn and I was like, fuck this. Because it was bad it or was because bad. it was just boring? It was just really bad. Well, it was bad in that it was boring. Mm. Anyway, so that's Judy. This has been movie reviews with Emily and Sarah. <laughs> Very vague movie reviews. <laughs> So let's move on to Islam. So Islam and Islam-related beliefs acknowledge the concept of evil spirits known as jinn, uh, afarit, and something else that I can't pronounce, uh, shayantin. Sure. Go for it. Uh, unlike the belief in angels, belief in demons is not obligated by the uh, articles of Islamic faith, which I guess means that it's optional. Um, however, the existence of several demonic spirits is generally assumed by Islamic theology and further elaborated on in their folklore. Okay. So, like, I guess you have to believe in angels, but you might believe in demons. Right. But they generally accept it as a thing. There's stories about it, so they're like, okay. Yeah. Um, so rather than being demonic, jinn are depicted as being close to humans in that they eat, drink, sleep, and generally live in society, except they age very slowly and they uh, do die and they also need to procreate. But because they are Interesting. created... Yeah. But because they are created from, quote, smokeless fire, in contrast to humans who are made from solid earth, the latter cannot see them. So humans can't see jinn, but jinn live in the world. Interesting. Okay. I'm trying to, like, wrap my brain around how that works. So do they, like, just go about their own lives? Yeah. Um, but, like, obviously not interacting with the human world, just Yeah, they kind of just live their, live their life. Um, Jin has also been kind of co-opted as a version of a genie. Mm-hmm. Although I don't really get into, like, the wish-granting portion, because that's not uh, relevant to this depiction of Jin. We're in one-hour podcast. <laughs> Well, sometimes. Depends what I'm talking about or who the guest is. (laughs) As it is for humans, jinn are also subjected to temptations and therefore may be either good or evil. Uh, Evil jinn are comparable to demons, scaring or possessing humans. Uh, Islam has no binding origin story of jinn, but Islamic beliefs commonly assume that jinn were created on a Thursday thousands of years before mankind. That's very specific. Isn't it? Uh, the shayatin are the Islamic equivalent of actual demons um, in the Western sense of the word. Uh, Islam differs in regard uh, to the like of the origin of demons. Uh, they may either be a class of heavenly creatures cast out of heaven, as they are in a lot of uh, Christian stories, um, or the descendants of what is basically Islamic Satan, and, and his name is Iblis. Different from Lucifer, then. Satan and Lucifer are kind of... I mean, it's not Lucifer in the Islamic tradition because they don't have that story about the fallen angels. Okay. Um, but Lucifer and Satan in most contexts, contexts, contexts are the same thing. Yeah. I think we went over this in the Satanism episode. I think briefly. Where you kind of talked about like Satan used to be more of a like concept than like a physical. Yeah. Well, and then they like kind of. being. Uh, so unlike jinn and humans, shayatin are immortal and will uh, meet their end when the world ceases to exist. However, prayers can dissolve or banish them, which is a really cool way of saying that. Basically an exorcism. Yeah. Um, so they, the shayatin, cannot attain salvation like the jinn and humans can. Um, they are 
thought to attempt to reach heaven, but are chased away by the angels or by shooting stars. Aww. Uh, they usually do not possess people, but whisper to them and try to seduce them into falsehood and sin. So like your traditional demon role. I was going to say, I'm literally picturing like a little devil on your shoulder. Yes. Um, another demonic spirit in Islamic writing is called the Ifrit. Um, and although there are no descriptions regarding an Ifrit's behavior found in canonical text, folk Islam often depicts them with the traits of malevolent ghosts, returning after death and causing havoc. Or they're a subcategory of Shayatin who take on the life force of murdered souls. So it'd almost be like if a murder, like an angry murder victim possessed a demon or like the demon took that personality and used that with its whole thing. I'm not sure I follow. So from what I can understand, like there will be the spirit of someone who died in a terrible passion. <laughs> yes. And then the uh, shayatin, which is like a, a standard demon, mm -hmm. will get a hold of that life force like that being and kind of absorb it and kind of like take on that personality while having its original like powers, you know? Okay. Yeah. So almost like impersonating a spirit. Yeah. Something like that. Kind of like uh, Annabelle. Yeah. Okay. Almost exactly like Annabelle now that I'm thinking <laughs> about it. Well, we've gotten to the bottom of Annabelle, everyone. I solved it. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to Hindu scriptures. Everybody's got a demon. <laughs> We're going to talk about a lot of them. Uh, so Hindu scriptures include a wide range of spirits um, that might be classified as demons. These spirits are souls of beings that have committed certain specific sins. As a purging punishment, they are condemned to roam without a physical form for an unspecified length of time until they're reborn. Because in uh, Hinduism... Is reincarnation a thing there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's one of the that's one of their big things. Right. So if you fuck up real bad in life, instead of <laughs> You don't get to do that. You have to be a ghost. Well, uh you it's it's kind of like going to purgatory, but like a specific purgatory. So like if you murder someone, then you have to roam the earth without a body for an amount of time before the powers that be decide that you are worthy of being reborn. Okay. Have you watched The End of the Good Place? Yes. Okay, so it's like the the end of The Good Place where they have to go through all of those simulations until they learn to be a better person and then they get to yeah. go to The Good Place. Yeah. But The Good Place is Earth. Okay. I get it. Um, beings that died with unfulfilled desires or anger are also said to linger until such issues are resolved. Seems very minor, but... <laughs> I mean, we're all going to have a little unresolved anger, right? Not everybody's going to die in peace. Well, I mean, if you're playing by, like, deadbeat rules, then it's a great show on Hulu. Is this a movie? I'm okay. Which, it, you know, people will stay on Earth for, like, the most minor of things. Like, they forgot to return a library book. I don't know if it goes to that extreme, but, like, it could bother you. Something trivial like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hindu a Hindu text gives an account of uh, nature and habits of such spirits, including how to persuade or control them. There are occult traditions in Hinduism that seek to control such spirits to do their bidding. Which isn't a good idea. No, I feel like that never ends well for anybody. Don't do it. Yeah. In the Hindu text Garuda Purana, Purana, not like the fish, it, this text details other kinds of punishments and judgments given out in hell. Uh, this also it gives an account of how the spirits travel to the netherworlds. That's my brief tour of demons through the world. 
Um, I didn't really get into, uh, like, Asian culture, because, but, like, Japanese and Chinese, because I will say that they have some of the best demons. Yeah, I was going to say, that could be a whole show in and of itself. That's why I didn't talk about them. Uh, Because I need to save that for around Halloween. (laughs) Because it's nuts. So the majority of what we know about demons from pop culture and whatnot is based on the Christian variation, with the, you know, some exceptions. Yeah. This is the one I am personally most familiar with, having gone through a period of my life where my two biggest fears were the apocalypse and being possessed, uh, because those were the stories I was hearing in school. Yeah. That's cool. That's fine. (laughs) It's fine. Yeah. It it didn't ruin me at all. Like, (laughs) it doesn't explain who you are as a person. It's okay. So in Christianity, demons are corrupted spirits carrying, um, carrying out the execution of Satan desires. Satan's desires basically. Um, so they are generally regarded as three different types of spirits. The souls of the wicked deceased, which roam the earth to torment the living. Ghosts. Mean ghosts. Yeah, mean ghosts. Uh, the Nephilim, who came into being by the union between angels and humans, but their bodily forms were wiped out during the Great Flood, and their spiritual part now desires re-embodiment. This is a very cool story that I might talk about on a mini because it's a little too long to get into right now. Oh, yeah, I've heard of these. Yeah, but it kind of goes back to that the thing in Judaism um, where I mentioned. Was it Judaism? Might have been Islam. Oh, it was Judaism. Uh, they kind of had the same thing where there were angels that came to Earth and they fucked some ladies and then there were kids. And yeah, Great Flood wiped them all out. Yep. Part of the reason for the flood. I want to say that that story only comes up in the Book of Enoch, which isn't canonical in most versions of the Bible. Oh, okay. Yeah, there are all these deleted scenes from the Bible. (laughs) The Bible deleted scenes. There's also the book of Adam and Eve, which I think only gets brought up in Judaism. Oh, interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's, like, plenty of, like, books that got cut from the Bible. Well, it's kind of like how Lilith got cut out of most of the versions of the Bible that, like, Catholics use. Right. Because, like, I hadn't heard about her until I was a grown-up. Until Supernatural. Pretty much. Um, and demons can also be fallen angels who sat with Lucifer and were cast out of heaven by Mar- Michael after the, the big battle. If you ask me, Michael is kind of a tool, but... Yeah. At least that's the way he's always portrayed in pop culture, so... Uh, so demons are not omniscient. Omniscient? You, omniscient. Whatever. Sorry, it was kind of a dick move of me to just, like, no. correct you. <laughs> Better correct than me continuing to pronounce it that way. So demons are not omniscient, but each one has a specific knowledge, uh, probably from, I'm not kidding, doing recon on the person that they're supposed to be tormenting. Like a specific person? Yeah, or like specific subjects. Okay, interesting. Specialities. So. Oh, okay. So it's not like when you see like one of scene in a TV show where like a demon is taunting a person with like hidden secrets that they know for some reason. Mm-hmm. It isn't that they know everything and therefore can know that. It's because they have specifically staked out this person. Yeah. Okay. So, like, they don't just go into this, like, willy-nilly, like, ooh, I'm going to fuck with this guy. It's, I know this about this man because this was my job. Right. And I had to know. Like, you do uh, donor research, do you not? Yeah. So they are the prospect research yeah. team of the underworld. <laughs> I'm sure they have interns down there who, like, do all the research and then give it to them. 
they go to Google and they type in the person's name plus the state they're living in and look at their LinkedIn profile. (laughs) Yeah, it's exactly how that works. Uh, Their power is limited to that which God allows. So um, they're not omnipotent either, though... I have to ask the question of why God would let them do the shit they can do if he has control over the amount of power that they have. Because it's all in the plan, Emily. Can't the plan is have good if there isn't an evil alternative because free will? Sure. Uh, so no reference has been made about omnipresence either. So it is yet... This is a direct quote. Unclear if they can be in different places at the same time. Unknown. But two conclusions that can be assumed. Either the devil can be in different places at the same time, or he sends an emissary in his place, like mall Santas. (laughs) He's just Satan's helper. Yeah, he has uh, Satan franchises. Uh, there's just too many souls to corrupt. It's, so every Christmas, no. So the I way, just really like this analogy. The way I'm thinking about it is if someone thinks that they're being possessed by a demon, or if they are actually, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know their business. It's probably not actually Satan, even if they insist that it is. It's probably another demon filling in because... Well, we all know that Lucifer lives in Los Angeles and he has a whole side gig working for the LAPD. Yeah, Satan's got better shit to do. Yeah, he has to run hell. Like, he can't pop out. And... <laughs> he doesn't care about tormenting you personally, Karen. Yeah. It, yeah, it's it's basically like if you're seeing or hearing a demon, it's not Satan. It's someone else. Because there are millions of other demons. There are literal books that just list names and jobs of different demons. <laughs> so Christianity holds that the mission of demons is to induce humans to sin, often by testing their faith in God. And those temptations come from three sources, the world, the flesh, and the devil. So you can tempt them with worldly things or tempt them with a, pretty much just boning or tempting yeah. them by like, you know, believing Gold in and riches. Yeah. Uh, It is also believed that demons torment people during their life or through possession or simply by showing themselves before this person to frighten them. They like to fuck with you. (laughs) Say, the jump scare of the demon world. (laughs) Yeah, it's not even, like, when he possesses, like, a priest or a nun or something, it's not to, like, get them over to the bad side. It's because they had a couple, like, iffy thoughts and they were like, I'm really gonna freak this motherfucker out. (laughs) Just fucking with folks. I get it. Yeah. Um, They can also provoke visions that could induce people to sin or to be afraid. Uh, Demons are also believed to try to tempt people into abandoning their faith, commit heresy, or turn themselves, I quote, pagan, or venerate, quote, (laughs) idols, and thus win people over for Team Satan. Their whole job is to either freak you out or get you to stop believing in God or believe in Satan over God. Well, Emily, I'm... Yeah, I know. I hate to say it, but I think Satan won this Maybe because he's... Way chiller. He's way more chill. (laughs) There's less rules. Well, depending on what kind of Satanism you ascribe to. I mean, with the Satan... No, not the Satanic Temple. The Church of Satan sounded pretty chill. Yeah. Satanic Temple was a little too uh, activist-y for me. Yeah. You gotta, like, do stuff. So now we're gonna start wandering vaguely into specifics. (laughs) Uh, King Solomon purportedly wrote um, in his... 
I can't remember what it's called. His book of the Bible. The book of Solomon? I think so. I mean, I'm honestly just straight up guessing. Sounds right. Uh, the Testament of Solomon. I had it written yes, down. Yes, because it's different. Yes. Uh, in this book, King Solomon describes his interaction with Beelzebub and other demons that he enslaved to help him build a temple, which was not a good move on his part. No, that feels like that would end badly. Um, so not all Christians believe that demons exist in the literal sense. Uh, there is the view that the language of exorcism in the New Testament is an example of what was once employed to describe the healings of what would be considered uh, modern-day mental illness, epilepsy. Yeah, the usual stuff that's probably most satanic possession. <laughs> yeah, so some people believe that the exorcisms in the Bible were just the quote-unquote curing of people who may have had mental illness. Right. So, like, a big metaphor. For example, as referenced in the cold open, there is a story in the Bible about a demon called Legion. I have heard of this guy. Played in this story He's by an isn't Dan he? Stevens. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to step on your punchline. Uh, second to Gambit, he is my favorite X-Men. <laughs> it's just because he's pretty. He is. He's got those big blue eyes. Um, he's going to be in a movie that Dave Franco directed. Um, Allison Brie is also in it, and they shot it in Oregon. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So, Mark chapter 5, verse 1 through 20. Oh, no. Here's the Bible verse you warned me about. Like I said, it's a pretty cool one. They went across the lake to the region of Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. Why were you trying to? For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Sounds like someone's on angel dust. yeah it's bible math (laughs) when jesus saw when he saw jesus from a distance he ran and fell on his knees in front of him he shouted at the top of his voice what do you want with me jesus son of the most high god in god's name don't torture me for jesus had said to him come out of this man you imper Hmm. come out of this man you impure spirit i was gonna read that with a weird inflection like come out of this man do your jesus voice I don't have a Jesus voice. You'll go Southern. Don't try. (laughs) Jesus was a white Southerner, Sarah. (laughs) Oh, of course. That's right. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. (laughs) There's like no transition into that. It's just like (laughs) smash cut pigs. I also don't like where this is going. Have you not heard of this before? I, I'm almost sure I have, which is why I'm nervous. Um, okay. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the, on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Yeah, that's what I was worried about. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this to the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons, sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. God, he's normal now. (laughs) Those 
Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. <laughs> oh, God. As Just Jesus- setting too many things right. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell uh, how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. So the main takeaway that you should get from the story is that the man was probably mentally ill if he even existed at all. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that can sum up most of the Bible is... It's a metaphor and a story to teach you how to live. Uh, yeah, a lot of possession stories go that way as you've... I mean, we did that exorcism episode. Yeah. Um, the part that I'm really excited to talk about is the grand overview of... it. Like, in the overview of demonology is the hierarchy of hell and some of the, the demons down there, like specific demons. Oh, this is some Dante's Inferno shit. That's the part that really gets me going, but without the name dropping. <laughs> So this is super interesting to me, and I, I don't know why. Classification and taxonomy? Yes. <laughs> uh, in De Occulta Philosophia, which was written 1509-1510, uh, Cornelius Agrippa proposed several classifications for demon demons. One is based on the number four and the cardinal directions um, where the ruling demons were oriented. So there's Oriens, Payman, Aegean, and a man, a manmon, a maimon. Um, so Agrippa uh, had classified demons as being from the four directions. And I don't know if you caught who the demon of the West was. Alphaba. <laughs> Fuck off. Payman. <gasps> oh, that fucker. <laughs> That's the guy from Hereditary. In case anyone was still unclear, I hate that movie. Uh, the same four demons appear in other classifications uh, based in the number nine and have the following orders of demons. False spirits, spirits of lying, vessels of iniquity, mm-hmm, avengers, cool. of wicked- avengers of wickedness, jugglers. <laughs> jugglers? Yeah. Uh, what? A- airy powers. This explains so much. Fury sowing mischief, sifters or triers, tempters and ensnarers. This is what happened in the fucking 1500s, is you could say anything. Jucklers. Yeah, I mean, fuck them, right? <laughs> so we're going to get into my favorite classification of demons. Because uh, like I said earlier, um, I think on air, anybody could write their own classification of demons. There was no way of verifying it. Right. It's not like there's empirical scientific evidence to review. Correct. So the types of demons that Sebastian Michaelis, a French inquisitor and prior of the Dominican order who lived during the 16th and 17th centuries. Sure, he was totally chill. Uh, lists in his book, Histoire Amorable de la Possession. Ah, uh, fuck. It's a lot of French. <laughs> you tried, and that's what's really important here. It, it's shortened to Histoire Amorable, or the Admirable History. Fuck you, Sebastian. And he claims that his classifications were given to him by the demon Barith when he was exercising a nun. So that seems like very reliable information because demons have never sure. died. Yeah. These demons and ranks also appear in the Sabbath litanies of witches, according to Jules Garnier's Histoire de la Magie en France and Colin de Plancy's Dictionnaire Infernal, 
which is a very important book. That's good because witches are also a thing that totally exists. They do. Just not, well, not the way they, I mean, not witches in the way they uh, view witches. So this list also includes saints that oppose the demon named. So I assume they had some sort of run-in and have like a nemesis thing. Or like the saint listed has qualities that are the opposite of the demon. I like that, honestly. I don't know where I was going with that. I love like set foils for characters. It's balance. Which is what this is. Yeah. Yeah. The first hierarchy, which is like top tier, which is princes um, of fallen angels. So the princes of hell. We have uh, Beelzebub. Which I do know how to pronounce. Beelzebub. It is pronounced also... Beelzebub, but it's Beelzebub. <laughs> no, uh, I, was, I know it's pronounced Beelzebub. I was trying to think of how you would fake pronounce it. Beelzebub. Beelzebub. Uh, that is the demon that tempts men with pride. Uh, he is opposed by St. Francis of Assisi. Oh, yeah. Cool guy. Uh, Leviathan, the demon that attempts people to give into heresy, is opposed by St. Peter. Asmodeus, the demon that tempts men into wantonness, is opposed by St. John the Baptist. These are the seven deadly sins. Just... Ah, I wasn't following, but now now I see it. Uh, Bereth, the demon who tempts men to commit murder, opposed by St. Barnabas. And the source for all this information, right? Yes, yes, yes. This is our primary source. Astaroth, the demon that tempts men to be lazy, opposed by St. Bartholomew. Varin, the demon that tempts men with impatience, opposed by St. Dominic, Gressel, the demon that tempts men with impurity, opposed by St. Bernard, and Sonelion, the demon that tempts men to hate, opposed by St. Stephen. These are great names. Cool. And I, I'm becoming, like, acutely aware of how easily I can pronounce all of these demon names <laughs> and how much, like, trouble I had with, like, biblical shit earlier. Hmm. I wonder if that's a sign that someone is a big fan of Satan. I also could be pronouncing them wrong, but, you know, you just say them phonetically and they sound right. Yeah, sure. So now we have the second hierarchy, second tier demons. Demons of powers, dominions, and virtues. I also don't know what all of these mean. Um, I pulled this from, what's his nuts list? Sebastian's list, so. French dude. Yeah. So there's Corot, the demon of powers, who is supposed by St. Vincent. Uh, Carnival. The demon that tempts men to obscenity and shamelessness, opposed by St. John the Evangelist, which I think is a a made-up fucking name because someone, Sebastian, didn't like fun. (laughs) Olette, the demon that tempts men to uh, a vow of poverty, is opposed by St. Martin. Rosier, a demon of dominions, uh, this demon tempts men against sexual purity and is opposed by St. Basil. Also, please note that all of these are, like, French names. Yeah, that's convenient for him. Isn't it? Uh, Belias, a demon of virtues. This demon tempts men with arrogance and uh, tempts women to be vain, raise their children as wantons, and they are opposed by St. Francis and Paul. You know, those women raising their kids wrong. Well, you know, it's always the mother's fault. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with the kid. And now we get to your third hierarchy. A demon of principalities, archangels, and angels. So... Your lower levels. Your working Your working class, class demons. <laughs> yeah. There's Oliver. Olive. 
uh, the prince of archangels. He tempts men with cruelty and mercilessness towards the poor and is opposed by St. Lawrence. Louvart, the prince of angels, um, at the time of Sebastian's writing, Louvart was believed to be in the body of a sister Madeline. Oh, so they like he was basically said, here's this dude. And actually, I know who he's possessing right at this moment. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And Verrier, the prince of principalities, he tempts he tempts men against the vow of obedience and is opposed by Saint Bernard again. Yeah, because Bernard, I guess, was just all about keeping it in your pants. <laughs> Sounds like a cool guy. Yeah, so that's my that's personal sarcasm. That's my personal favorite list because it is very to the point, very specific. It's got names. It's got purpose. It's got I like it. I can see why it, you're a fan. Yeah. It's French names that I can pronounce. (laughs) And it's all made up. (laughs) The definitive source and what's going to lead us into the game that we're going to play. Yay, game! We're we're actually getting to the end of this episode. um, Is the Dictionnaire Infernal, a book on demonology describing demons organized into hierarchies, written by Jacques-Auguste Simon Colin de Plancy. Say that one more time. I need to know what to get you for your birthday. Eat a dick. It's just a dictionary inferno. You don't need the author. There's one. <laughs> it was first published in 1818. There were several editions of the book, perhaps the most famous 1863 edition, uh, which included 69 nice illustrations by <laughs> Louis de Brenton depicting the appearances of several of the demons. That was on purpose. <laughs> I'll post, well, I'll have Sarah post a couple of the, the illustrations because um, they're pretty chill. Actually, they're the opposite of chill. I, they're they're demons. They're pretty hot. No. Oh, oh, I see. Nope. So the game that we are going to play is kind of like the patron saint mini that we did a while ago. I have three demons pulled at random, sort of, and I'm going to give you a multiple choice list and you have to tell me what this demon's dominion or job is based on the multiple choice. Got it. Let us begin. Uh, our first demon is... Balaam. Or Balaam. Okay, so your choices for what his purpose is. A, he can answer any question about the past, present, or future. B, he causes fields to die and rot. C, commands an army of insects. Oh, I hope it's the insect one. C. It is actually A, he can answer any question about the past, present, or future. Oh, so he's me. Balaam is a great and powerful king or duke, or prince of hell, who commands over 40 legions of demons. He's upper management. He gives perfect answers on things past, present, and to come, and can also make men invisible and witty. Yeah, this sounds like my kind of guy. (laughs) Balaam is depicted as, he's not going to be in a minute, is depicted as being three-headed. One head is the head of a bull, the second of a man, and the third of a ram. He has flaming eyes and the tail of a serpent. He carries a hawk on his fist and rides a strong bear. At other times, he is represented as a naked woman riding a bear. Emily, all of this sounds great. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty cool. <laughs> he sounds metal as fuck. So uh, you're, you're zero for one. Wow. Our next demon is Furfur. What? Furfur. Furfur? F-U-R. Sounds like he belongs in Animal Crossing. Furfur. Do they... A, cause natural disasters, B, cause love between a man and a woman, or C, possess animals. I hope it's possess animals, because that feels most appropriate. It is B, causes love between a man and a woman. That's a bad thing? 
He is Satanic Cupid. Furfur is a great, powerful Earl of Hell, being the ruler of 29 legions of demons. I don't know why I'm reading this like he's on a dating game. <laughs> he is a liar and is compelled to enter a magical triangle where he gives true answers to every question, speaking with a rough voice. Furfur causes love between a man and a woman, creates storms, tempests, thunder, lightning, and blasts, and teaches on secret and divine things. He is depicted as a deer or winged deer and also has an... Or also as an angel when he is lured into the magical triangle. Why is love creating love bad? Is he creating love between people who shouldn't be in love? Like I believe I believe that's the implication. Okay. He's making poor matches. I mean, that sounds pretty fun. <laughs> and if now, you're a demon and your thing is like watching people's lives implode. I think he does it for fun. And now our third question. The demon Leonard. What? Leonard. His name's Leonard? Yes. That's adorable. Is Leonard A, the receptionist of hell, B, Satan's court jester, or C, the grandmaster of demon orgies? <laughs> They're all such good choices. Uh, I really like the idea of Satan having a receptionist, so I'm going to have to say A. Unfortunately, it is C. He is the grandmaster of demon orgies. I mean, that's a good one, too. Leonard. <laughs> Leonard. Leonard, or Master Leonard, is a grandmaster of... I like to picture him as being played by uh, Jeff Goldblum. See, I've been watching so much Community that all I can picture is Leonard from Community. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I picture Grandmaster from Thor Ragnarok, so... I guess I mean, so, somewhere between those two things. <laughs> if you're talking about who I'd rather have organizing orgies... <laughs> I would trust Jeff Goldblum to do that a little bit more. Yeah. I feel like he'd be good at it. I mean, that was one of his jobs. Well, not jobs, yeah. but one of his interests in Thor Ragnarok. So <laughs> I say, wasn't the ship they escaped in basically like his orgy spaceship? Yes. It was like Austin Powers private jet. <laughs> so Leonard or Master Leonard is a grandmaster of the nocturnal orgies of demons. Now, I will caveat here and say that that might not mean what we think it means but as far as i know it means exactly what we think it means <laughs> he is represented as a three-horned goat with a black human face he marks his initiates with one of his horns infernal powers obtained from the worship of master leonard range from metamorphosis into monstrous animals or <clears throat> monstrous animals or men to uh flight as an incubus you know if christian power if the christian powers that be really wanted me to uh, live my life where I would want to avoid demons, they shouldn't make them so fucking cool. Pretty much. Leonard has been known to take other forms, and there is some connection to the legend of the werewolf. Werewolf. He has been known to appear as a... Yes. A werewolf. Werewolf? Yes. It's Leonard's fault. Did you not read, like, here when I said Master Leonard uh, can give the gift of metamorphosis into monstrous animals? No, I was too busy making Mr. Science Theater jokes. Mm -hmm. Take other forms, some connection to the legend of the werewolf. He has also been known to appear as a handsome soldier, a favorite of many demons. <laughs> oh, I forgot the last couple sentences of this are terrible. Um, in this form, he will seduce a young lady and take her into the wilderness where he will lie with her and ejaculate cold semen. Any uh. child resulting from this union will be stillborn, an offering for the sin. Uh, cold semen. Uh, 
Okay, that's less cool. Um, so, unfortunately, you did not win my demon game. No, I'm pretty sure I lost the demon game. You lost. Is that good or bad? Well, we can all praise Leonard. <laughs> anyway, so that's a little bit about demonology, I guess. it. I hope it wasn't too disjointed. It was a lot of really technical information. But, I mean, what else are you going to do? I, I don't know. Um, it's one of those things where... We can talk it's... more about movies we've seen. <laughs> uh, what I found is that it is a very technical subject. Like, there's no right answers, but everyone wants to sound super educated about it, which makes it very, very hard to research. Yeah. I can see how that would lead to problems. Um, so it was difficult, but I think... The most important thing we got out of this is that there is a demon named Leonard. And he's a big fan of orgies. Yes. So, if you have a favorite demon, uh, you can find us on Instagram at Afternoonified, uh, Twitter at Afternoonified, Facebook at Facebook.com slash GetAfternoonified, GetAfternoonified.com, where we have old episodes, merch, and you can just straight donate if you would enjoy that. Um, please remember to like, subscribe, rate, review, um... All of that. Do you have this all written down or is it top of the dome every time? Top of the dome every time. Damn. I've been doing this for almost four years. I'm very, you're very good at it. I'm very proud of you. (laughs) Thank you. Everybody do all that stuff. Yeah, uh, that's some demon stuff. And if I pronounce something wrong, go ahead and tell me. I, Bible stuff is hard to pronounce. It's like Latin. Like no one knows how the fuck it sounded when it was written. Fair enough. I was going to say Latin's actually very easy to pronounce, but... Well, it is if you just say it phonetically. Yeah. It took six years of it, I know. Second grade to eighth grade. That's a very useful skill to teach elementary age children. That was just so we could read our missiles for mass. Mm. I didn't learn any cool Did you Latin. Have full Latin masses? Yeah, every day. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, it was it was once a week for a while, and then it was every day during Lent and Advent. Which is most of the year anyway. But yeah, that covers, like... Especially when you're a kid. Almost three months. Yeah, might as well be every day all year. Yeah, we did almost everything in Latin. So, we learned, we learned the basics. I had to retake Latin, too, uh, twice, because I was in the fourth grade and didn't pay attention, Mrs. Bronger. Anyway... Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. We love you. Hello, hello. It's me, the ghost who haunts your phone. Just kidding, it's actually me, Avalon, the host of Boohaha, which is a thing that I do. A podcast, if you will, that happens some weeks, not all. Don't wait up, it's fine, we'll call you. Shut up. Anyway, it's about ghosts and tangents. Mostly tangents, if I'm being entirely honest. So join me each and every week-ish as I gather the funniest people I know to a campfire that I build in my living room and then regale them with spooky tales of boogans and googas. Oh, also, it's a comedy podcast, if that wasn't clear from the vibe, you know. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is as above, so below.